You can be seated. The Assemblies of God World Missions theme for 2021 is all for Jesus. And this is one of those statements that has multiple meanings that go with it. All for Jesus. What does that mean? Matthew 28, 18 to 20, we have the last earthly words of Jesus, our Lord. And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority... All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Three times in this great commission, we hear Jesus say all. All for Jesus begins with all authority. Here we're confronted with the fact that all authority belongs to Jesus. He is the ultimate authority in your life and my life if we are followers of Jesus. God the Father is creator of all that is, and he said the authority that he had as the creator, he gave it to Jesus. And I want you to think of the fact that if Jesus is your Savior, your Lord, your Master, he has all authority in your life. You can't say, well, I don't want to do this if he asks you to do it. Are you smiling yet? He has all authority. A second application of all for Jesus is when Jesus says, make disciples of all the nations. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations And then the end will come. Do you see it? All for Jesus. He has all authority. It's been given to Jesus. All nations are to be given to Jesus. And so the last earthly words of Jesus to make disciples is targeted to all nations. Jesus said this gospel must be preached as a testimony to all nations. How how many want to know when Jesus is going to come back? It's amazing. Books have been written. There there have been so many theological debates about when Jesus is coming back. I'll tell you the, the answer to that. When all the nations have had the message of Jesus preached to them. Throughout all of Scripture, God is relentless about seeing His creation redeemed. He wants people from every nation to be standing around His throne. In Revelation chapter 4, Revelation chapter 5, Dick Brogdon says that as you read through the Scripture, it's going to talk about all nations in every passage of Scripture that you and I read. All for Jesus, every tribe, every tongue, every economic class, every ethnicity, every age group, all for Jesus. Revelation 5, 9, you purchase for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. See, Jesus is adamant about disciples of all nations. Now, what's the current situation of the Assemblies of God in missions? 1914, the Assemblies of God came into being. There were 300 preachers at their first meeting. There were 32 missionaries. Today, we have over 2,800 missionary units around the world. And that doesn't count our home U.S. missionaries. And there's a lot of them. In Ohio, last in 2019, we gave $6.75 million to missions. Can you say praise the Lord? 
6.75 million to get people overseas. In 2020, what do you think we gave? How many think we gave more in 2020 than we did 2019? You know what? We did. We went from 6.75 million to 9.5 million in a COVID year. Why? Because we believe in missions. We, we say yes to the one with all authority. We say yes because he wants people from every tribe, tongue, nation. What's the current world situation? There's approximately 8 billion people on the face of the planet. 3 billion of those people have never heard the name Jesus. Okay, those of you that are 38 years of age and younger, are you listening? 3 billion people have never heard the name of Jesus. 10% of the world population are committed Christians or disciples. 20% are nominal Christians. I call them C&E Christians. Christmas and Easter. 40% have had some access, but maybe have not yet said yes to the calling of the Holy Spirit. But 30% of our world have no access to a Bible, a church, they've never heard the name of Jesus. Look at those figures. Is it possible for us to fulfill the great commission that Jesus gave us? Yes. Yes, it is possible. It's more than possible. On average, the world population has been increasing by 1.5% since 1900. Christianity has been growing at a 3.5% rate, or more than twice as fast as the human population. You say, well, Pastor Dave, and what's the big deal? The big deal is those that die before they get the name Jesus whispered into their heart and into their ear. The task is still remaining. There's about 17,000 people groups on the face of the planet. But there are 6,500 of those people groups that are unreached. We call them unreached people groups, UPGs. 30% have virtually no exposure to the gospel, the Bible, or a church. Are you listening? Do you feel a little guilty over that? You hear about Jesus every Sunday, every Wednesday. You hear about Jesus all through the week. Let me give you a little illustration. Nations like Yemen cry out to us. Yemen is on the south end of the Arabian Peninsula. It sits on the east side of the Red Sea. They estimate the population of Yemen. See it down over here? They estimate the population of Yemen to be about 28 million people. To put that in perspective, if you take everybody that lives in Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, that's how many people in our three states live in that little nation of Yemen right there. Here's what they estimate. They estimate that there's 1,000 Christians that live among that 28 million people that have never heard the name of Jesus. Let me, let me help you put that in perspective. How many have ever seen a picture or you've been in Ohio Stadium, OSU campus? Okay, e even John the Michigander, he's been there. If you fill the stadium, 105,000 seats, with a bunch of people standing, and then you put 7,000 more people down on the stadium turf, 
and then you took four people and put them in that vast crowd, that's, that's the ratio of Christians to non-Christians in Yemen. They don't have access to a Bible. Can you, can you picture trying to tell the people in Ohio Stadium, if there's four of you, can you picture trying to tell them about Jesus? Especially if you say the name of Jesus, they probably kill you. What is known as the 1040 window is the area between the 10th and 40th parallels spanning North Africa in the Middle East, Asia. 95% of the world's unreached people, 95% of the 3 billion that have never heard the name of Jesus live in the box. Can you flip it? The majority of the world's Hindus, Muslims, and Buddhists live in that box. And a big part of why these groups have not been reached is because they're hard to reach geographically. They're hard to reach because of language. They're hard to reach because of their culture. It's hard to get to them. It's hard to communicate with them. And it's hard to get through to them because of their traditions and the culture that they have. Here's the good news. 1970, 45% of the world's population had never heard the name of Jesus. It's down to 30% that's never heard the name of Jesus. That brings us to a third application of all for Jesus. We've talked about him having all authority. We've talked about all the nations. Now let's talk about the third application of all for Jesus. If he has all authority, if everything is at his disposal, it means that all for Jesus, all you have, all you are, all you will be, all you ever do, it all belongs to Jesus. You belong to Jesus. That being the case, what's our responsibility? Our first responsibility is prayer. Jesus said to pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest to send forth labors into the harvest field. I want to encourage you, pray specifically every day for the harvest. And I want to encourage you to pray specifically for young couples and for youth to get a burden for that 1040 window. I want to encourage you to pray for that, the, those that stood and said, I'm 38 years or younger. I want to encourage you to pray for them, that God will speak to them in their bedroom, that God will speak to them at a youth camp, that God will speak to them on a Sunday morning like where you're sitting right now. Pray that they get a burden for the Buddhist, the Hindu, the Muslim. I have people that want to know, Pastor Dave, what's God's will for my life? You know, I just can't seem to get a hold of what God's will for my life is. Well, let me just start you at the basic. A lot of times, we don't put the foundation down. The first place that you find God's will for your life is to pray for the lost. You want to, you want to know what His will in your life is, you pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. And when you begin to do that, you, you'll find out, hey, how do I fit into all this? And God will begin to give you direction. He'll begin to lead you. It's his will for each and every one of us to pray daily for the harvest. Jesus said, pray for more workers. Pray for those that are in the harvest to be smart enough to say yes when the Holy Spirit speaks to them. Do you ever think about that? I think about why, why did I say yes? 
I don't know why he said yes. I'm not that smart. But I believe it was because somebody was praying that I'd say yes when the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Pray for the three billion that have never heard. Now, because Jesus has all authority and he wants all to know, our second responsibility, in addition to pray, is an either-or. How many don't like either-ors? Our oldest son, he was one of those that uh, I, I would give him a list of choices and say, you can do this or you can do that. Go to the basement and pray about it and come back up and tell me what you want to do. So I'm giving you an either-or. Giving you an either-or this morning. See, Jesus said, go into all the world. You can either go or you can give. You either go or you give. A few months ago, we put Christine Little on a plane back to Zambia. She spent the last 15 years of her life in Zambia. Uh, she sat in this area right over here, Jimmy, where you and your family. She used to sit there as a part of this congregation for years until all of a sudden the go got a hold of her. She'll probably spend the rest of her life in Zambia. Christine's mom, Sandy, sits back over in this area over here. She'll be here in the second service. Sandy's going blind. And you know what her response to Christine leaving her here alone is? You can't fix me going blind, but you can fix the blindness of Zambians. It takes people who are willing to go. Have you prayed about going? Have you prayed about going? You said, Pastor Dave, this... This isn't a real easy sermon. You're, you're just sort of just throwing it at us. Well, he only lets me preach once every 52 weeks, and so i got to get in what's on my heart. If you're 38 years or younger, you need to begin to pray. Some of you are saying, I'm 39. Well, get over it. God can get you at 39 too. And 49 I worked in Mongolia with a guy that was 83 years old that every year he'd go and give him four months. 83 years old, going to Mongolia. But it takes people who are willing to go. Have you prayed about going? Those of you who stood earlier saying you're 38 or younger, you've you got to begin to make this a part of your prayer life. And if you haven't been praying about it, why not? Well, I don't feel called to it. Well, let me help you out. You're called to it. God told you to go. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. The next slide, uh, you can Google this thing. Go to agwm.org. Those of you who are 38 and younger, you need to be writing this down. agwm.org. Scroll down to the banner, become a missionary. Out on the table, I've got brochures about becoming a world missionary and about becoming a U.S. missionary. You need to get one of those brochures out there. They're free. You need to get one of those brochures, and you need to pray over it every day. Begin to check this website out frequently. See if God won't speak to you. Parents, I want to challenge you to begin to plant the seeds about going in the hearts of your children. As Pastor Chris mentioned, this week many of our youth at camp were called to go. 
I watched hundreds of them run to the altar when he gave the invitation about becoming ministers and missionaries of the gospel. Regularly mention to your children, tell them that it's what God wants them to do unless he calls them to America. Okay, look at me. We've, we've done it backwards for years. We've said, if God calls you to Yemen, then you go there. No. He's already told us to go. Go to Yemen unless he calls you to Columbus, Ohio. Are you hearing this? Parents with kids, are you listening to this? The one with all authority said to go to all the nations. Wouldn't it be something if one of your kids was one of those that went to Yemen and began to make a difference in the 28 million people that have never heard the name of Jesus? See, we've all been commanded to go. The question is where we, where we stop. And I'm afraid too many of us want to take the short trip. You know, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost part of the earth. Well, I'm not going there, so I'm going to stop at Jerusalem right where I live. Dick Brogdon, the writer of these two books, he's the founder of the Live Dead movement. He says, live as if you're dead. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to be talking my kids into being missionaries, and they might get killed. I, I know a father that sent his son to die. Isn't that what God the Father did? He sent his son Jesus to come and live and die on a cross for us. Dick Brogdon said this, I urge you to send your best. Don't send your cast-offs. Send your professionals. Send the pastors of your best churches. Send the leaders and influencers. Send your richest and most educated. Send the ones, oh. Send the ones you can't afford to send. We send our sons and our daughters to die for the flag and freedom in Iraq and Afghanistan from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. But will we release them to live and die for Jesus among the UPGs, among the unreached people groups of our world? And I hate this line. Don't hoard the best resources to your overfed selves. Everybody stand up. I, I, want you to, I want you to say that, the last two words on that screen with me. Say it, overfed selves. Say it again, overfed selves. Say it again, overfed selves. People in Yemen aren't hearing about Jesus today. You may be seated. But we're here, and we sang worship, we sang praise to the Lord. I want to encourage 
you to encourage your children and young adults to be the goers. The one with all authorities desiring all nations says all of our children are necessary if all are going to be for Jesus. And you either go or you give. Romans 10, Paul says that uh, how are they going to hear unless somebody goes, somebody has to send them. Those of us that don't go, we're the senders. And so if you're not a goer, you're a giver. For all of us who are givers, let me give you some good news. It doesn't matter what the economy is doing. We saw it last year. The Assemblies of God giving in Ohio went up 26% in a COVID year. Let me make you a promise. God won't let the wells run dry that water his fields. See, if you're a well and you're watering the fields of God, he's not going to let your well run dry. That which is your supply, he's not going to let it run dry. If you're watering the field, if you're sending people to Yemen. Jesus said, if you give, it'll be given unto you, shaken together and running over. If you're a giver, God will make sure you have an abundance to give. It's his promise. I do not regularly, you know, if if you don't regularly give to missions, I want to encourage you to begin every week or whenever you write your check. If it's monthly, you begin to add missions to that. Now, if you're not tithing to this local church, you need to begin that. The tithe is 10% out of your income. You say, well, I could never live on that. Why don't you test me now and see if this doesn't work? Says God in Malachi. Test me now. And if you're not currently tithing, you're not paying 10% off of everything you get, if you're not paying it to the Lord, test him. See if what you get, see if the 90% doesn't go farther than the 100% if you give the 10%. But what I'm encouraging you to do is to give the missions, which is over and above the 10%. And if you're currently not tithing, do it this next year. And next year, if I get to preach another mission sermon, I'll tell you that you'll have more money and you'll be able to give to missions. You'll be able to make a faith promise. You say, what's a faith promise? It's where you promise to give more than you have in your budget. It's where you believe God is going to make you a funnel. He's going to begin to flow through you. Kay and I, every week, we give 50% or $50 to missions in addition to our tithe, in addition to giving to Revive Church, in addition to giving to Radiant Life Marysville. We only go part-time, and so we're givers full-time. C.S. Lewis, the writer of the Chronicles of Narnia, said this about giving above the tithe. If our charities put missions in there, If our missions do not pinch or hamper us, I should say they are too small. There ought to be things we should like to do and cannot because our charity's expenditures excludes them. You know, he's saying that as a giver, there ought to be things we don't do because of our giving to missions. When was the last time you took a smaller vacation because you made a bigger commitment to missions? is what he's saying. 
He's, he's saying our giving has to be a more, more important than a lot of the things we do. We need to remember it's all for Jesus. Let me make you another promise. If God can get it through you, he will give it to you. If God can get it through you, he will give it to you. See, God's looking for funnels. He's looking for those who will channel his resources to reach the lost. You you might ask, will I ever get to play another game of golf? Will I ever get to go on vacation again? If I get this radical about missions, if I get this radical about the people of Yemen, I'll guarantee you you will. I'll guarantee you. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. Kay and I have given and given and given. We've had our tax planner say, how do you guys live giving this much away? Well, it's, it's like this. People pay for our vacation. People give us things. Our cars just seem to sort of last forever. See, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. Over the last five years, this church has given over a million dollars to mission missions, and this is only possible because together we've caught the vision of making Christ accessible to the three billion. I challenge you to think of every dollar in your stewardship as potential money for supporting missions. I still do my own break job. And in a lot of years, too. We don't spend a lot of money on cable. We're frugal because everything that we have, it all belongs to the Lord. One day I was right here. I was fixing a light fixture. It had gotten knocked over. Some of the kids running through tripped on it and knocked it over. It was broken. And so I I was in here with some duct tape and bailing wire, and I was fixing this light. And and someone came through and said, Pastor Dave, what are you doing? I said, I'm fixing this light. He said, it looks pretty broken up to me. Why don't you go buy a new one? I said, it's $150. I said, we can afford that. I said, "But, but that $150 can be used to help support a missionary. That $150 can be used to help plant a church in Marysville. So he said to me, is everything in your life about missions? How many think you might know the answer to that? (laughs) Everything in my life is about missions. Everything in my life is about one more for Jesus. It's that all nations hear about the one with all authority who has all love for them. Every second in the 1040 window, someone dies without Jesus. Are you going to be a giver or a goer? I'd like to do something dangerous right now. If the Lord speaks to you about going, say, I'm, I'm willing to do whatever the Lord wants me to do. Would you just stand right where you are? If the Lord speaks to us about going, I'm willing to go. 
A lot of our teenagers have already stood. They ran to the front. They ran to the front. Let me pray a prayer over you. Father God, I just thank you for these that have said, I'm willing. Because I've heard the voice of the one with all authority. I've heard his heart, all nations. And I understand that All I have, all I am, it's yours. So, Father God, I pray that you'll just take these. I pray that you'll bless them. You'll bless their going out. You'll bless their coming in. How many would uh, stand and join these and say, I recognize my responsibility to give. And I want to join these. Would you stand? Yeah. You know, as givers, I'm praying that God raises up millionaires, multiple millionaires in this congregation, that God gives you creativity, that God gives you the ability to make wealth, because you're one of those that, you, you want to fix the light so you can save 150 bucks to give it to a missionary. That you're willing to let God get it through you. He'll give it to you so he can get it through you. Look at me right now. Lord, I just pray prosperity and blessing over these. Not so they get a bigger house. They may need to sell downsize. But I pray your blessing on them financially. I pray your blessing on them financially. I pray that you'll raise up multiple millionaires in this congregation because they've caught the vision that it's all for Jesus. Father God, those, those grandmas that have limited resources and they're probably never going to become millionaires, I pray that you help them to be blessed as they put in five dollars I pray that they feel the blessing that they're joining their money with the 9.5 million dollars of other Ohio churches they're feeling the blessing that they're a part of it pray Father God let missions burn within our hearts let every day we think about missions let every day we pray for the harvest